Are you a bit hesitant to ask the Lord for what you need? Pastor Ray Bentley says God wants us to come to him with our requests. Ask your Father in heaven. You have not because you ask not. Why don't you pray and go to him and bring your needs to the Lord? If we would just ask the Lord about them, he will bless us. And, and listen, if it's right, God will give it to you. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Bashfulness, uncertainty, lack of understanding, who knows why we don't take advantage of God's invitation to ask Him for what we need. But God is clear that He wants us to bring our petitions to Him. Well, let's map out some steps in that direction as Pastor Ray begins today's study in God's Word. We're going to look at uh, James chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. James writes, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. And therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we just come before you and pray and ask in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us. Let these ancient words come alive. For you have said that they are divinely inspired or more accurately, God breathed. And so, Lord, may the breath of life and of the Spirit from your Word touch our hearts. And, Lord, may it comfort, may it challenge, may it convict, may it inspire, may it move us that we might hear and respond to the love of our Father to know the heart of our Father, and, and to follow you through your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior. In his name we pray and ask all these things. And everyone said, Amen. Let's start with the first two verses. Grace is given here to the humble. He says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Here James is declaring that most 
of the problems of man come from simple greed and selfishness. And when you think about it, this has been the root problem of mankind from the beginning. In every generation, in every society, in every kind of culture, even in every form politically or economically, eventually greed finds its way in and ruins everything. It ruins the greatest and the best of empires and men. Because eventually man's greed, sooner or later, takes a hold, gets in, and corrupts and ruins everything. Now apparently, uh, James is saying that it is this greed that was also the source of the problems within this early church. Now James was the half-brother of our Lord Jesus, and we believe that uh, from what we are told, James uh, historically is the earliest first book written of the entire New Testament, written even before the gospel. So it's a snapshot into the earliest days of our brothers and sisters of the early church 2,000 years ago. And there was fighting and quarreling and bickering and, and struggles for control. This is only days after Jesus has resurrected from the dead. I mean, we're talking the, the very beginnings of Christianity. And um, the beauty of the body of Christ, on the one hand, is that so many different people from so many different backgrounds that otherwise would not get along at all are somehow miraculously through Jesus brought together in one family as brothers and sisters. Now we look around here and, and it's pretty cool. All these different people from all different backgrounds and all different kinds of personalities and and, uh, you know, a lot of you are even weird, but yet we, you know, here we are, we're all together. And, and while we, Jesus unites us, when you get a little beyond that and get into the personalities and the idiosyncrasies of different people, we would be like fighting like cats and dogs, were it not for him. And it really makes sense, because on the one hand, while Jesus draws in and unites people from you know, wide backgrounds and makes them one, you can see that that very diversity, which is the beauty of the body of Christ, also has the seeds of potential for great conflict. For instance, as I mentioned, you might have up in, in let's say the house church 2,000 years ago, up there in the third row is a Pharisee. The Pharisee representing the, the you can't get more religious than a Pharisee, the way they dressed, was their whole life was about their religion. And, uh, you know, but they could be very legalistic. In fact, it was because of the Pharisees that it had driven many others away. So here on the opposite aisle is a Sadducee. The Sadducee represents, you know, the modern, uh, you know, t guy today that's kind of, he says, I'm an agnostic, which is a polite way of saying, I don't want to offend the religious people, but I don't, we don't really need God. The Sadducees were materialists. They didn't believe in the life after and heaven and angels and all that. It's like, hey, we're here right now. What difference does the future make? Maybe this is all there is, so let's live for money. They were the philosophers. And so then in the back row, you've got a tax collector. Everybody hates that guy. And he's come and joined the church. And then over here is a, you know, a woman with the background of a harlot. And so the, the fighting as, as the body begins to grow, it's like, who's going to lead? Well, the Pharisee says, well, obviously, we're the first in line, we're the religious guys. The Sadducee goes, no, you hypocrite. 
You put a heavy burden on everybody else, and, and frankly, that your kind of people are the reason I gave up believing in God or heaven at all, because you're so legalistic and you do nothing but lay burdens on people. And then the Pharisee goes, well, yeah, you guys don't believe in anything, so you don't trust anybody, and you live only for yourself, so you can't lead. And then, you know, the, the tax collector says, hey, I've got a suggestion. Everybody says, you can't say a word. The immoral person gets up and says, well, you know what? The whole reason I left God and lived an immoral life is because you're all hypocrites and I wouldn't follow any of you. So there was all this fighting and quarreling and bickering and who's going to lead. And James, he says, you know what? The, the root of the problem is that we're all sinners. And here's what I find interesting. Every once in a while I will hear uh, somebody will write a little essay or a report or make a comment on the modern church and say, boy, you know, the church has gone off the rails and what we need to do is we need to get back to the early ancient church. And then I read James chapter four. And I go, well, which part of that church do you want to go to? And here's what I have discovered. If even right after Jesus had risen from the dead, in the earliest days, and even though there were miracles happening and people were getting saved left and right, even then, 2,000 years ago, there was no perfect church. And 2,000 years later, there still is not a perfect church. And the truth of the matter is, if you were to find the perfect church and then you joined it, you would ruin everything right there. <laughs> Because the only place the perfect church exists is in people's minds and imagination. There never has been one. Every church that has more than two or three people is gonna have problems. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there's gonna be that natural struggle to say, well, I should be the one to lead or guide or influence and everything else. James says it's that pride that brings strife. In other words, if there's quarrels and fights going on in the church, he said that is a mirror letting you know that you're at war within your own heart for pride, for control. And that's true of a country. When there's wars within a country, it's a mirror of the war going on inside of that country or that matter for a world. The truth of the matter is then it doesn't take a genius to look at everything going on in the world and say the war within is bringing all the wars on the outside. And, you know, often we will veil religious quarrels under the guise of spirituality. Look, I just want to, I'm just thinking of the sheep. I just want to be, you know, do everything right. And you can end up like Miriam and Aaron, who started complaining about Moses' wife, but that's not what the real issue was. What the real issue was in Numbers chapter 12 is they didn't like that Moses was in charge. Miriam was Moses' sister. Aaron related to Moses, and they're going, hey, well, what about us? Why do you have to be the only one to lead? And already, even right there, within the family, after the great exodus from Egypt, starting to be divisions. Moses had not chosen his calling. God had revealed himself to him and called him. And there was a the unity that came in that. So being selfish, uh, we have to acknowledge that. And so James starts working I, what I like about James is that James is kind of the in-your-face letter. I, he's the brother that, that is in your face and makes you uncomfortable. And, and while everybody is saying, well, can't everybody just be nice and get along? And he's going, no, 
That's, that's a smooth over. That's a cop out. Let's deal with the issues. The hearts are not right here. And your selfish desires are manifesting a selfishness within your heart and it will ruin you on the inside. Uh, I put a few scriptures here. Luke chapter 8 verse 14, Jesus uh, is telling a parable, but let's read this scripture, Luke 8, 14 out loud together. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. In other words, Jesus says that there are there's some, you know, the seed falls and, and, uh, and there's some that just, you know, they get very emotional in the beginning, spiritually, oh, they're responding and their hearts are touched, good thing, but then they let it lay follow. They never grow, the, the roots never take, and they don't ever develop any fruit. And others let the cares and the pleasures of the world choke out the spiritual life that is within them. Titus chapter three, verses three and four, let's read this scripture out loud. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our savior toward man appeared, and he goes on to explain. He's saying the same thing. He goes, when we were in the world, we were all selfish, living for ourselves. Now that we've come into the body of Christ and we admit we're not perfect yet, we have a long way and we'll never arrive at perfection here. But we have to admit that when there is fighting and struggle for control, that is a manifestation of a, of a selfish or a prideful heart and that we need to humble ourselves before God. As he will later say, God resists the proud. And he's talking about believers who have pride, not unbelievers. This is all about the body of Christ. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray's homecoming to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. We love you, Pastor Ray, and we miss you. What a blessing that we were all able to hear and experience God through His passion for the Word and His ability to simplify and make things humorous and fun. I miss His contagious laugh. He had the best laugh. God, please be with His family and friends. At Maranatha Radio, the love and support the Bentley family have received is overwhelming and very much appreciated. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Let me read to you James 4 verses 1 and 2 out of the New Living Translation just to get a little different flavor on it. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it the whole army of evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous for what others have and you can't possess it, so you fight and quarrel to take it away from them. And yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. You could go to the Lord and ask him, but he goes, it's manifesting this selfishness and this pride and this desire to be in control. 
He's saying if you are friends with the world, and apparently there was worldliness within the hearts of those who were fighting within the church. And James goes, don't you realize, you can't be right with God and also be popular, as it were, in the world. You cannot walk a a life filled with heaven and then be walking compromised with the pleasures of the flesh and of this world. He goes, in fact, if you do, God is at war with you or or God is, is your enemy. And he's again talking about as a believer. God will stand in front of you. He will block your path, not because he doesn't love you, but quite to the contrary, because he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to be destroyed or he doesn't want you to be wiped out. There was an intriguing experiment that was done some years ago, and it's just very uh, striking. This experiment shows, listen, that a male butterfly will ignore a living female butterfly of his own species in favor of a painted cardboard one if the cardboard one is big. If the cardboard one is bigger than he is, bigger than any female butterfly ever could be, the male butterfly will jump over to the piece of cardboard. Nearby, the real living female butterfly opens and closes its wings in vain. It's been deceived by color on cardboard. And this is a graphic illustration of what the devil and the world and the flesh offers. It's it's big and it draws your attention, but there's no there, there. It's cardboard, it's not real, it's not alive, there's no relationship thing that can ever happen to it, and meanwhile, the real butterfly and the real source uh, of life is being totally ignored. This is a great example of the temptations of the world. And the truth of the matter is that we all, as human beings, have been deceived or believed in a cardboard butterfly at one time or another. And what God is saying is, you know, hey, wake up. How many of you are tired of trying to find life in a cardboard world with a cardboard deception, cardboard, you know, reality? There's nothing there. Come back to the living God and to the true source of life. And then James adds, so okay, so there's things that you want and you desire, fine. Ask your Father in heaven. You have not because you ask not. Why don't you pray and go to him and bring your needs to the Lord? If we would just ask the Lord about them, he will bless us. And and listen, if it's right, God will give it to you. If it's not right, God will not give it to you because he doesn't want to hurt you. There are many things that I have prayed for passionately, persistently, and that God did not answer my prayer and thank the Lord he did not because my prayer was wrong or it was amiss. I was asking for something selfishly for myself and it wasn't good for me. Well, now, from a perspective many years later, I look back and go, wow, thank you, God, that you didn't answer those prayers. There is a certain kind of teaching right now, you know, generally, and and I'm generalizing, I realize. I have no specific individual in mind, but let's just call it the health, wealth, prosperity gospel. 
And basically the idea that, that talks about faith and prayer is that by using these as tools, God will give you what you want. But what I have learned as you read through the whole Bible and you compare scripture with scripture and receive the whole counsel of God is that prayer and faith is not about me getting my will done. Prayer is about God's will being done. Prayer is about me discovering what God's will is and aligning myself with his mind, his heart, what he has in mind. I love what my, uh, my pastor Chuck Smith uh, says, and I, this is something that stuck with me and has always been in there. He says, what if God comes to you one night and he says, all right, son, I love you, and I love you so much, ask anything and I will give it to you. And immediately, you know, something pops in your mind or, and used to, when you are young, you would say, oh, I want this, you know? He says, I, I don't do that, not anymore. He goes, I have learned that whatever I ask is either amiss or way smaller than God my father had in mind. So now when the father comes and says, ask, son, I love you, I wanna spoil you, I wanna bless you, ask whatever you want, he says, I turn it around. And I say, Father, what do you have in mind? What do you want to give to me? What do you want to do for me? What do you have in mind? And he goes, I have found over and over and over again that God, our Father's heart toward us and his plans are so much bigger and so much greater than anything we might have had in mind. Trust him, amen? Just trust in the Lord. Now look with me in verse three. He says, now you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. So the question I ask is our pleasures or God's pleasures? There's only one that lasts. Do you think that James is saying that Christians are not to desire pleasure? Answer, no. I believe that God's will is to bring more pleasure into our lives than you could ever dream, imagine, hope, or conceive of. It is good to enjoy a beautiful day at the beach and, and walking the shores you know, of La Jolla or Del Mar. It is good to enjoy a sunrise or a sunset. It is good to enjoy the, the pleasure of a, of a wonderful meal or a barbecue. It is good to enjoy the pleasure of just taking a drive up the coast or 101 and doing sightseeing. It is good to have the pleasure of going and enjoying a ball game or taking in a concert or reading a book or a thousand other pleasures. God delights in his children having pleasure and, and he desires for us to experience pleasure, spirit, soul, and body. And the truth of the matter is, God is the author of all true pleasure. Important clarification from Pastor Ray Bentley as we work our way through the truth found in James chapter 4. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now today's study is titled, He Gives More Grace. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com.
That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, The Cyrus Mandate and As the Days of Noah, both prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of James. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return. The whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.